0: Forever (laughs) Canon. The podcast where we talk about something really cool at the beginning of the episode and then politics, politics, politics. Also our favorite Star Wars books. (laughs) I'm Justin. (laughs) I'm Tim. And this week on Forever Canon, we cover chapters 9 through 12 of Fate of the Jedi, book 6, Vortex by Troy Denning. The chapters in which, as I said, Cool, cool things happen at the very beginning of this episode. And then we talk for three more chapters. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of cool, too. You need some of that in it's there. It's got, you know, it's got a lot of good stuff in it. But it's just, that's what happened. Yep. That's what happened this week. But first, bum, bum, bum. Previously on Forever Canon. Han talks Dalla off the temple steps. Blaudu Sextus almost brings the council to blows. Tahiri has a sleepy lawyer and ship packs up the kids for a day at the pool. That was last week. This week, we start with chapter nine where the crew of the skywalkers and Sith disembark ship and begin their search for the pool of knowledge in Abeloth's jungle. Immediately they do the number one, what am I
1: saying? Like you just don't do it. They split the party.
0: <laughs> they they commit the number one foul. Yeah. They show up to a dangerous place to look for a dangerous thing with a dangerous person around and they split up. Mhm. Cuz really, you got to get those teenagers alone. Every time they do this, that's really why. Like that. Yeah narrative that's like that's why you're choosing yeah, that as a progress way. their story and their but and they can't do it in front of their parents because they're children mm-hmm. and also because it's personal you know every time they're gonna get separated off from the group yeah and they do they split the party uh ben and vestara are heading i think south to go look for the pool of knowledge and the grown-ups are going north yep and looking for a grotto all the way there they're testing each other's wills and philosophies as they always do of course and they find the entrance to the grotto, uh, to the pool of knowledge yeah. in pretty much no time. Yeah, Ben and
1: Vistara do. They yeah.
0: accidentally go directly to it, mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're following a, a blinking line on the. They, they cast a magic, yeah, tracking device or something. They cast Find the Path, they got right there. But wait, why did we just find this so easily? Ben says, right? He tells Vistara, That's a trap, ship wants them to find the pool of knowledge quickly because as soon as they find it, the Sith and the Jedi are going to have to fight about it because it's such a powerful thing the the Sith will not be able to resist it and the Jedi will not be able to let them have it. Mm -hmm. So Ben's like, it's a trap. A ship is setting us up. You know, uh, we can't go in there and we can't tell the grown-ups about it because it's going to ruin everything. Well, wouldn't you know? It's inevitable. Vastara has already... Reached out through the forest to her uh, her superiors. Yeah. Her dad and the high lord of the entire tribe, right? She already reached out and told them that the thing is there. And the dads and Lord Talon show up. And they send Ben in first. Yep. <laughs> Which is fine. Because Ben can feel that Luke has a plan. So he's the one who has to walk into the scary dark cave opening. through Cut away the, the hanging moss. Through the dark opening into the dark cave with the dark side nexus, he's first. Yep. And Talon kind of says, "Yeah, in case there's any traps or whatever." Ben says something. No, Ben's like, "You're sending me in here first, just in case there's traps." And Talon says something like, "Yeah, no, not the. Uh, I'm sending you in there to find the traps that you can't find. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Those are the ones. You know, I mean, you're gonna Wait. set them off and blow up or whatever's gonna happen to you. And I want that. Yeah, I'm worried about the traps you can't find. And yes, you are the canary in the coal mine. But hey." Ben's like thinking his head, this is fine. Because Luke sends him, he's being very suggestive about, everything's fine. Go ahead. Trust me. Right? Yeah. I'm your dad and the Grandmaster of the Jedi. Trust me. Also, as Ben walks into the cave, Troy writes, dripping water as, quote, a single blep. (laughs) And I swear to God, he wrote something like this earlier and like, in the first book, that in in book three, I mean, he there was something about people in a cave and dripping water, and I swear to God, he wrote blep blep blep. It was they were hyphened oh. together and uh, yeah, and italicized or something <laughs> like that. And I loved it then, and I love it again this time. <laughs> a single blep of every few seconds of dripping water. Anyways, into the grotto, where we see a cold diaphanous light rose from a small pool in the center, filling the chamber with a silvery glow and revealing that the cavern walls were covered in a meshwork of tiny crevices. Seeping from most of these crevices were tiny wisps of yellow acrid fume, the source of the sulfur smell that Ben had noticed earlier. He stepped to the edge of the pool and saw that it lay not in a shallow natural bowl, as he had expected, but in an artificial basin... With deep, sheer sides, the edges have been decorated with the same grotesque patterns that have been carved into the pillars and lintel at the grotto's entrance. Is this like a swimming pool? Kind of. Sheer sides instead of like a, a, you know, a a rounded depression or anything like that? Yeah. It's not like naturally formed. Someone's dug it out. I was going to say it's definitely a construct. It's definitely construction. Which is weird because this whole planet, I mean, it's not super weird. The whole planet is like living things, right? That's Mm -hmm. the whole jam. The plants are alive and try to kill you. The animals are alive and try to kill you. The the sand and ground might try to swallow you. The whole thing is alive. And then there's also these insets of ancient civilized construction, Mm -hmm. which is... A really cool juxtaposition, like a cool comparison. Yeah. And just makes this jungle all the more interesting. Right?
1: <laughs> yeah, you get the... Where the animals and the plants are a little more random in their attack and their design. Right. Then when they're not the,
0: being guided by Abeloth, that yeah. is. And but, then
1: you get the nice... I'm fishing it as like a circular, like perfectly circled like pit with water in it.
0: It's like it used to be a... Above ground pool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and there's like two feet deep where there's still sheer edges all around it. But this is the real life pool of knowledge. This isn't a real life dark side nexus. This is not dream walking, mind walking, whatever, mm-hmm. flow stating, purple <laughs> lighting. This is real lighting. Yeah. It's real lifeing. It's a, an ancient, powerful place that has never been discovered before. Yeah. To the, you know, to the known galaxy. Just thought that's interesting. Ben stepping to the edge of it looks into the reflection of the pool of knowledge and he sees a happy future self with Brown Jedi robes over black armor. Dope. Mm -hmm. And he noticed his lightsaber looks more like one from the lost tribe of the Sith. The hilt is a little narrower and a little longer and he pointedly thinks that that looks like a lost tribe of the Sith saber. Yeah. Why? What is that supposed to tell us?
1: He loses this battle of wills with
0: Vastara? Or do the Sith and Jedi find a real way to forge an alliance as has been, yes, you know, has been kind of the, the thread for the last few books? Well, specifically the last one titled... Yes, allies, (laughs) but also a little bit before that. right? But, you know, maybe that's how maybe they end up working together in some capacity and sharing technology. And for whatever reason, you know, the ancient design of the lightsaber from the technology from 3000 years ago is better than the stuff in the science fiction future. (laughs) Well, either way, right? Some aspect of it. His lightsaber is different. Vistar approaches him in real life and appears in the pool. Sad. Holding a hand out to Ben. Real Vistara says to him, is that good or bad? And I want to know,
1: Tim. Yes. Yeah, I th- I'm hoping that it's a good thing.
0: I want to know. I want to know what love is and so on and so forth. Yeah, I want to <laughs> fucking know. I really do, man. Because it doesn't look good. No. It, and it's it's a strange clash of things, too. Vistara, sad, reaching out a hand. Mm-hmm. All those things out of character. Those two things. Yeah. Showing emotion, reaching out in any capacity other than strangulation. <laughs> okay? Then, with brown robes, which the Sith also wear, mm-hmm. black armor, yeah. which is very Sith, and a Sith-hilted lightsaber, what the hell it's is like, actually happening in this reflection? It's it's like they flipped it's, roles. It's almost like that. Yeah. But how would that scenario come to be? Maybe Ben starts to save her and then she ends up corrupting him accidentally, but she becomes saved. And then she's trying to now save him. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be a cool storyline that will <laughs> never, ever see written because this is all undone. Yep. I really... That's it's a bummer between Ben and Vistara, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyways, moving on. That's a weird vision, isn't it, Tim? What could it possibly mean? We see more. We see Abeloth rippling her way across the sand towards the Jade Shadow and the Emiacs. 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 I don't like the name of their ship. I don't... Listen, put nice... Vowel sounds together, guys. Okay? doesn't make it futuristic just to make it clunky. <laughs> it's not. It's not cool. Occasionally, sure. Too much? Maybe not. We also see the Sith home planet of cash. There's the tall spiraling uh, glass Glassed. spires yeah. and, and the, everything looks like art. And there's a lavender beach and all that jazz, right? Everything that we saw back... In uh originally when we met Vistara and she met Sh- ship and all that stuff,
1: right? Yeah, everything that the Sith don't want them to know, they now see. They see it.
0: And the Sith see them see it, which might be worse. <laughs> yeah, but most importantly, oh my God, everyone sees everyone, Luke. Ben, Talon, Gavar, and Vastara Kai, everyone sees the White Throne. Mm -hmm. Sitting on the throne, wearing a simple Orodium crown, was a slender red-headed woman. She looked a lot like Ka except that she had two arms and a small button-ended nose that clearly came from the solo line. Hanging from the belt of her gown was a long, curved lightsaber with a Rancor claw on the hilt, and standing guard around her, with their weapons drawn and ignited, were a dozen Jedi knights representing a dozen different species. One of those Jedi, the human, had the same square chin and wavy red hair that Ben had seen in his own reflection just a few minutes earlier. Talon turned to glare at Ben. Who is she? Uh, (laughs) Uh-oh. This (laughs) is really bad, right? Yeah. Ever since the end of the last series, it's been made very clear to us how important it is to hide Amelia Alana's real parentage and identity.
1: Yeah, they've
0: been keeping her
1: hidden. Even sometimes amongst each other, they've used her.
0: Before any of them knew anything about this white throne. Yeah. Before Luke Skywalker went mind walking, before he saw what Jason saw, it was always important to protect Amelia. What's her real name? Alana? Alana. Fuck me. Are you sure? Yeah. All right. God. Anyway, anyways, it's been really important to protect her from the start because of the, the hapen line of succession. And she's a child and she's uh, vulnerable to being murdered mm-hmm. because she's the heir to a queen, right? She's a princess. That's why it's important to protect her. That's why you have the princess grandma protect the princess granddaughter. She knows how to be a princess. But now it has become exponentially, unimaginably more important to protect her identity. Everyone in this room, the high lord of the Sith mm-hmm. and the grandmaster of the Jedi, right? The heads of both clashing organizations, yeah. clashing philosophies and sides of the yin-yang They both see it and they both inherently understand how important this vision is. Yeah. This reflection in the pool. And in a nice bit of writing there, where the last thing we see is the Jedi around her armed and ready for battle to protect Alana solo. Yep. In a nice bit of mirroring and a reflection in the pool of knowledge We see it happen exactly in real life. Luke and Ben turn their lightsabers on first. Yes, they do. To protect Alana Solo. It's symbolic of the whole need for the Jedi. The reason why they exist is because they're supposed to be protecting the goodness, right? Yeah. She is the queen of goodness in the light in the white throne. And that's kind of also part of what's been happening across these whole books is the dismantling of the Jedi because nobody understands the magnitude and gravity of the the important protection that they actually do provide. Yeah. From the evil inherent in the galaxy, not policing bad people. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the last, let's say, let's say you're a regular citizen of, of this galaxy. Does this galaxy have a name? galaxy do they have a no- their own name for it Not we call I ours have. the Milky Way they must it's gotta be but imagine you're living in this galaxy for the last 40 years 50 years where Han and Luke and Leia and the Jedi uh, as an extension of them have been pretty much fighting regular people in battles mm-hmm. you know uh, Jason Solo was the last Civil War regular dude but a Sith but also just like one bad guy right yeah who was a politician who was a a president he was not just an inherently evil force the then you go back and it's the Yuzhan vong or it's the killix right and they're being controlled by a dark jedi yeah again dark jedi darkness at the heart of it but not inherently all evil Mm -hmm. and you go back to the Yuzhan vong they're not evil they're just conquerors actually they're survivors yeah you know they're displaced from their home planet trying to find somewhere to survive and they do it by conquering galaxies that they find. And then you go back and it's Thrawn and then you go back and it's Palpatine, right? Mm -hmm. Thrawn is just a politician. Palpatine is one bad dude, not the full force of evil in the galaxy at a dark side nexus where you're seeing (laughs) Alana solo on a white throne being protected by Jedi. It's all very deeply symbolic of, of the conflict of themes that's been happening through these Books for this series. It's an underappreciation for what the Jedi actually do because they haven't had to do it in 3,000 fucking years. Yeah. Since this lost tribe got lost, right? And there was the big war between thousands of Sith and thousands of Jedi. And then on top of that, there's this whole Abaloth thing, right? Yeah. And so the Sith aren't even the evil that the White Throne needs to be protected from. She is. this All this ancient evil, I think, is way more important than things like the Sith, mm-hmm. right? Obviously, Dala and the Mandos and Slave Revolts. Abaloth is the biggest big behind all of the little th- obstacles in your way. Yeah. And I I think all of that is part of this reflection of the Jedi coming back to their ancient roots, destroyers and protectors type of stuff like in the Sith, uh whatever you call that when a when somebody a prophecy. Yep, yep. Uh, you know? All of this comes back to this room where Luke and Ben being Jedi turn their lightsabers on first and attack. Yeah. The Sith in defense of the identity of Alana Solo. Yeah, defending the light
1: against whatever dark comes and towards it
0: even more metaphorically how often do the jedi take the initiative to protect as opposed to passively waiting to be attacked yeah, to yeah a
1: lot of time they were the reaction this is
0: all very much different flavors of the ancient jedi code yes right the proactive searching and destruction of evil in the galaxy mm-hmm. not the sitting at coruscant passively protecting people from, from evils that present themselves. It's the whole thing that Luke's been doing this entire series. And he was forced to do it by the government, by being exiled from Coruscant and the Jedi temple. He's been forced to search the galaxy for evil mysteries and crush them.
1: Yep. Right. And this, and that, that whole thing being proactive searching out the evil, destroying the evil is exactly what Jason was doing.
0: And it's exactly why they're losing to Dala. Yeah. Because they're sitting on their heels trying to make deals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Didn't mean around there. <laughs> but yeah, you're right about Jason too. It's exactly the same thing. He got tired and maybe that's an overarching theme between the two series. He got tired of the Jedi's in action, literally in yeah. the first chapter or whatever, the first book, the first book actually might've been the last chapter of that book. The spice loaf dinner. Yeah. Where Luke refuses to do anything about Corillia uh, seceding and hiding weapons because they haven't done anything wrong yet. They haven't broken the law yet. So we're not interfering. Jason solo. Sick of that. Yeah. I'm going to be proactive. Like you're saying, I'm going to search out the problem. I'm going to take control because control is how I can solve this problem. And then we come to this reflection in the pool and, of the Jedi standing um stationary yeah. in protection mode. And when we cut back to real life, it's Jedi going into active protection mode instead of passive. Yeah. I just think there's a lot, obviously. This is like a prophetic scene. Yeah. yeah they're going layers. to the they're going to the oracle at Delphi. Like, yeah. That's what they're doing. They're going to the magic mage on the mountain who's going to tell them the future. Yep. We don't want the evil people to have this information because they'll do evil things with it, right?
1: They will search out this girl, even though they, they don't know. They will
0: take that throne that they've yeah. seen, no, regardless of who is on it. But yeah. yeah, they will do it by killing her, right? And so Luke and Ben switch on their lightsabers and attack the Sith. Mm-hmm. Luke attacks the Sith. I That is an important distinction for me. The fact that the Grand Master, the, the, the Jedi of all Jedi, yeah. thinks that this thing is important enough to kind of break his rules of engagement, even though they are Sith, you know, and it's always like, I'll kill him when I'm going to kill him. Never once during this entire shaky alliance, it's been very tension filled. Not once has he drawn his lightsaber first. Yeah, he's always not been peacekeeper. Once. And now he did in defense of the White Throne. And between the Sith and the Jedi, we get another A-plus action writing scene. I mean, an epic battle erupts in the grotto. Ben spares Vistara's life several times, shoots her dad, who stabs him back. Yeah. Talon punches Vistara. Luke cuts someone's arm off in a classic Star Wars maneuver. <laughs> yeah. And the Jedi wind up escaping the grotto running from the pool of knowledge and the cave. And as Luke starts back to block the entrance, Ben says, dad, no, the star is in there now really said it out loud. Now in the one, in the previous episode, he had, he had, um, he had resolved. He had come to this resolution in his mind. I can save her. I'm going to do it. My dad did it. These are the steps. I've heard it. I can do this. Yeah. He had resolved and decided to do that already. And now he's vocalizing it to his father who would be the one dude in the world who would A, should A, understand. Yeah. And B, the only guy you don't want to know that because he's going to tell you not to. Mm-hmm. And he's your dad, right?
1: Yeah, and Luke's response was, she'll live. She'll live. You might I'm not. I'm not sure you will. Yeah.
0: Which begs the question, man, when they're looking at this pool of knowledge, who can everybody see the same thing? Or can people also see slightly alter ulti- It seemed like it was a shared vision. Like it yeah. seemed objective and not subjective.
1: I think they, they, everybody saw what everybody was seeing and then it coalesced into one single vision.
0: Of the White Throne. Yeah. And that is, that was, this is such a important scene. Reading this and writing down notes about it, this felt very important. This felt like a massive shift for Luke Skywalker. And then, and you know, by extrapolation, the entire Jedi order.
1: Yeah. And in the... Dude, Luke shot
0: first. (laughs) He really did. He pulled his lightsaber on the Sith Lord. Or what did he do? He shoved him across the pond with the force first. Yeah. Yeah. He threw Gavar Kai across the pool of knowledge and smashed him in the wall. Yeah, because
1: Gavar was yelling. Point being,
0: Luke Skywalker never shoots first. But in defense of this vision, of this future of goodness ruling, like it's on, dude.
1: threw Gavar lightsaber, I think he cut Talon's uh,
0: arm off. I don't know. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to end up being Gavar Kai's arm because that's going to complicate the Vistara-Ben relationship more. That's true too. Just, that's my only reasoning. Like, just, it becomes a more complicating factor. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, the two of them in that battle, Ben and Vistara, we didn't even talk about that. I didn't even write down that. We should talk about that. He spared her several times. He's coming to go Chop up High Lord Talon. And she's so shocked that the Jedi are attacking first. She's standing there with her fucking jaw on the ground. Yeah, she does nothing. She's oh, stunned. And so he ends up having to spin behind her. And he's like, get out of my way. And he kicks her shoulder out of place to get her out of the way. So he doesn't have to kill her. Yeah. Because he don't want to do yeah, that. Rather than swing his
1: lightsaber around, he kicks her in the shoulder.
0: You know, and it's before before the moments of sparing her, she, like, she has this recognition of him trying to kill her. And mm-hmm. she kind of steals over for that, you know? And Yeah. Here we go. More fallout from the two of them clashing again. How many times have these two gone to battle already so far? Mm-hmm. They fought each other on the hill on the way here, you know, throwing prang at him. And she got caught up in the bushes in the last episode. They yeah. fought each other over the body. They fought each other on the Jade Shadow. They fought. E- <laughs> like it's, They fight a lot. It's constant, man. And it's kind of, you know, that's a bit of an unhealthy relationship. Yeah. Hopefully Hopefully that cleans up. Shouldn't be fighting that often. 16 year olds, right? Chapter 10. Jaina looks at how angry all the masters are in this meeting (laughs) and indexes for us how different species look furious. You might have a clenched jaw. You might have bristling scales, bulging iPods, flaring nostrils, iPods. That sounds (laughs) weird when you say it too fast. (laughs) Because that's a product now. It was at the time the book was written. Anyways, 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 et cetera, et cetera. There's different ways that aliens show their emotions on their bodies. And it's just kind of like, that seemed like she's looking around the room, looking at all the different different masters and, and how they're reacting. And it just seemed like a fun writing exercise for Troy Denning. Like, oh, this is interesting. Imagine you're in a room with nine different species and they're all furious. How do they show it? (laughs) <laughs> like you know, yeah cool. the bearables got the scales going some of the who was it i don't know someone's got the eye stocks rocking yeah. anyways everyone's mad did you know that everyone in the jedi council really mad right now
1: yeah they're pissed off at something and she interrupted well, because of the last it. meeting yeah
0: the last meeting they almost all fucking fought each other because kent hamner wants to wait again yeah wait Passively again, and what does the rest of the Jedi Order want to do? Actively protect,
1: yep, right? Move forward, let's go. I think
0: this is just dawning on me now Mm -hmm. (laughs) at the middle of the sixth book. But I think the last two series entirely, or these two series entirely, are about the changing of the Jedi philosophy from being pacifists. To actual peacekeepers. Yeah, they've even added, or
1: they're even wanting (laughs) to add a tenant to the code. That's right.
0: Just because you do, just because your plan has a good ending doesn't mean you can wash your hands of all the things you did today. Yeah. Just because next week it'll all pay off, right? But, I don't know, It's just kind of dawning on me now. This whole thing has been like a renaissance and a revolution for the Jedi Order from one of their strongest, brightest, most promising students becoming a Sith Lord mm-hmm. and taking over the galaxy momentarily to this ancient whatever-the-hell dark side powers that are going on that are now forcing the Jedi to be proactive. Yeah. Anyway, Jaina and Lando are just here delivering news via 3D PowerPoint. <laughs> yep. Uh, there's pirates, there's Sith, and there's Sith pirates. And Kornhorn kind of sums up the whole thing for us. Like, standing there looking at the map and all of Jaina's little triangles for where the Sith pirates definitely have taken ships. And while the red ones where maybe it was them. He's across put, all the trade routes. Yeah. Across every bit of the known galaxy. He's putting the pieces together. Cornhorn sums it up and says, The Sith are everywhere. And they're building a war fleet. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> right? Yeah. Chapter 11. Han, Leia, Jaina, and Lando are moving on to another meeting. Now we're, <laughs> now we're having a meeting with someone named Liu in a lounge. Waiting for him in a lounge. Recalling that time when Dalla slash someone tried to blow up the whole family at dinner. Including the child. Who needs to be protected on the White Throne? Yeah. And Han's like, I should, I should shoot Dalla in the face. And Leia's like, we both know it probably maybe wasn't, maybe not her. Yeah. And Jaina's like, yeah, we should shoot her in the face. (laughs) And then, you know. Lando's pouring some wine. (laughs) Right. They chat about all the things that they have to deal with right now, like Dola and Sith. And in response, Jaina asks, do we have time? Do we have time to even deal with all these things? Lando's answer is horrifying. Yes. Because Abeloth is dead. If she were alive, the Jedi would have no chance. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, are you listening? She's alive, <laughs> right? Yeah. And they don't know that because they 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 left the mall, and there hasn't been any. You can't get communications out of the mall. That's the whole point. That's why Luke had to send them to the hand deliver a PowerPoint presentation. Yep. Uh, it's bad. That's for us. <laughs> yes, it is. Right, and it's also. It's like it's uh it's tension building for the final trilogy mm-hmm. of the series. It's it's putting that very serious, scary threat back on the table by specifically saying everything's cool because that's not here. Yeah. Right? But mm-hmm. we know it is.
1: We can worry about the smaller stuff, start putting out the fires. Yeah. Now. So
0: we can be scared as fuck while they're not. Because yes. we know this is bad. If that's if that's <laughs> The turning point, which I guess it would be, right? It's a massive threat. Mm-hmm. You're in trouble. That's the, all I can say.
1: At the end of the book, she's going to come out and everyone's going to see it.
0: But it's a nice framing for this final trilogy mm-hmm. right? where we're being told hey, what loose ends are are left that we're going to deal with? What major threats are not loose ends? What major threats are left to the story of our characters, our main characters? What major threats are left for them to deal with as we move into the final three books, right? Yep. And we're what? We're halfway through this one now. Cause these chapters have been goddamn long.
1: So long. They must shorten up quite a bit. Well, I mean chapter end.
0: 10 was three fucking pages. <laughs> yes, it was. Anyways, back to the, the, the lounge where we're waiting for Senator Lou, whatever the hell we we'll get to his name anyways, but Lou Wool. Oh, here it is. Senator Lou L U E W L U E W L U E W. anyways the senator uh soliston senator he arrives finally he was only like five minutes late just like lando said because lando knows this guy it's another soliston connection yeah hey if lando's gonna have somebody that we can pull out of nowhere who should it be oh it should look like the guy that he flew with in the movie so everybody can relate to it more Mm -hmm. check (laughs) he shows up for the meeting. And my question was, why are we here? Cause they hadn't talked about it while they were waiting for him to show up. Why are we here? Jaina tells this man, Sith. And he says, uh, another one. And I started laughing so fucking <laughs> hard. It's like, Oh my God, man, that's a really, that's a well-placed line by the writer. That's yeah. a fun one. Cause it's bad. Hey, uh, no, uh, nope, not one actually. Uh, you're not gonna like this <laughs> yeah yeah a planet full uh, there's a whole planet with a whole fleet but Abaloth equals destroyed equals not important mm-hmm. so anyways there's more bad news here for uh, grandmaster hamner his secret deal with buatu where buatu was gonna let the Jedi launch, but he had to wait for the perfect moment and he was going to stop them from being attacked by the fleet so they could launch their stealth axes to go help Luke gather numbers against the thousands of Sith. He had a secret deal. They were on the phone telling Hamner, wait, he gets attacked by a fake Jedi and now he's in a coma. So Hamner's plan is still, wait, wait, wait. And as we saw in the last Masters meeting, they are sick to almost his death of it. Yeah. Right? (laughs) Yeah. Almost pulled lightsabers on him. It took him. Because he wants to wait, wait,
1: wait. It took him unlatching his lightsaber and like had his hand on it saying, come at me.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And well, the secret's out and the Solos are furious. Leia thinks to herself, he had taken it upon himself to leave Luke and Ben unsupported against an entire tribe of Sith. To hold the security of the Jedi Temple above the security of the entire galaxy. And he had not even bothered to inform the Masters of his decision. And why? Obviously because he knew they would have disagreed with him. Those were not the actions of a good leader. They were the compromises of a man out of his depth. Oh. Hey, did you forget that she's a cold-blooded political (laughs) mastermind? Yeah. Because, like, she thinks... So intelligently, mm-hmm. I love being inside Leia's brain for stuff like that, especially a moment like this where it's like political intrigue. What does the former president of billions and trillions of people think? Yeah, she thinks that son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is funny because puts not- some eloquency on the end of it. <laughs> but yeah, 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 well, yeah, yeah. I'm not <laughs> Leia. Okay, I'm not Leia. That's why I like being in her head. I like to. I like to hear some cogent intelligence every once in a while. That's yeah. it. That's all you get. <laughs> all right. But oh, that's bad news, man. It's terrible. He's already on he's already on the last step of the board before he drops into the lava pit. And like, they
1: they have to think how much do they tell the council this? They will uh, The like, funny
0: thing I thought was like none of the people in this room are masters, so that's kind of funny. But yeah. I would assume they're going to tell somebody, but she is absolutely furious and me too. Mm-hmm. And when she calls him a man out of his depth, I'm like, yeah, bullseye. Yeah, absolutely. But this info gets tricky because this information that it's not quite right. Is yeah. It? The information that they get is not quite right about the deal between Buatu and Hamner for some reason, the deal is a little bit twisted and it sounds less favorable for Kent Hammer. Yeah. Because this information is coming from, it's still mostly right. Mm-hmm. So it is going to torpedo his ass, but this information is coming from General Jackson. Yes. Who we've seen several times. He was meeting with Dala, shooting droids, telling her, that she needs to uh, do something about Jag. She he we saw him with Dalla telling her to put down the 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 slave revolts to get control over the military or something like that. Yeah. And more importantly, we saw him with the Moths and the other whatever secret clandestine group of people who are manipulating these minor events behind the scenes. They we saw them all at that weird card playing costume party.
1: Yeah. Where so, they're all like, which is liking Palpatine,
0: which is cool because, like, yeah, they're they want to they want the empire, yeah, they want the bad guy empire again, not the jag guy empire. But it's just in, that was an, it's an interesting callback to that scene because we don't really know the identity of everybody that was there, it was Moth Leckerson, that's Senator Treen, mm-hmm. General Jackson, somebody else that I am forgetting that we did know. But wasn't there also other people there? And I, well, there might have been. I thought there might have been one or two people whose identities haven't been revealed yet.
1: Yeah, th- there were. Maybe I'm wrong. I think, I think there were a couple people. That the biggest thing that stands out to me is that he won that card game. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> and even though he
0: would never played. So, what does this meeting bring us to in a final outcome? This Lou Wool is giving them information. They're giving him information. They're asking each other for things. And we end up at a spot where Senator wool will pass a bill. This is a tough sentence, (laughs) making the Jedi independent from the government by law in an irretractable sort of way. Whereas right now, Dahl is trying to get legislative control over the Jedi law. Control.
1: Yeah, make them a part of essentially a part of the government. Right.
0: And this is he's gonna slip a bill in there and pass a bill with all of the support that he can gather, cause politics. He, he
1: knows a lot of people.
0: Yeah. Um, that's going to make the Jedi an irretractable independent contractor. Yeah. Essentially. They are their own entity forever and ever. Amen in perpetuity. We you're our slaves for twenty five thousand years, dog people, whatever, whatever, right? he's going to pass a bill in the senate that's going to stop dalla from crushing the jedi under her thumb and what does he want he wants jaina to ask jag for a favor easy it's your boyfriend easy peasy ask him for a favor like keep dalla busy by sabotaging all the progress you've made getting the moths under control. So you can bring the empire properly into the galactic Alliance because they're not the Imperial remnant. Let's not forget headed mm. by Jagged fell is still not part of the Alliance. No. in writing. There is again, to use the word legislature, there is none of that. There is no legal binding element at all that is tying the Empire into the Galactic Alliance as, as part, part of the of whole. Yeah, they're getting That's close. That's what Jag's trying but, to yeah. accomplish, and you know, all of them trying to kill him over and over in his flight simulator at the dinner, <laughs> whatever, you know, has given him the leverage to squash them and almost be almost close enough to bring this deal to fruition and completion. Yeah, he wants him to delay that, so that the chaos of the Empire can stall Dala more. Mm -hmm. He wants Jaina to ask Jag to betray the Empire and his duty. And he's like, you're really pretty, though. It'll be easy. And Leia's Mm -hmm. like, no, they're broken up. And he's like, yeah, but you'll get them back. Yeah, he'll do it for you. (laughs) Uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, that's, that's an awkward meeting.
0: It's pretty amazing, actually. It's pretty... Ooh, I hope that's going to serve the purpose of really driving home to Jaina how stupid what she asked him for was when she threw the engagement ring out. Yeah. She asked him to uh, betray his empire that he is in charge of, Mm -hmm. betray his loyalty and his virtues. And now this guy's asking her to do the same thing. So I hope and and like everybody sitting at that table other than this guy is like, that's not going to work. And that's a bad idea. And that's not how Jag works. I hope all of that drives home to Jaina. How absolutely asshole stupid that scene was. Yeah. I need you to betray everything, please. (laughs) No. All right. We're done. I quit this relationship. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So if anything, you know, I hope, I hope she, she owes that man an apology yes you she, know what I mean she certainly does back has. together or not because I don't know if it could or would work right because of exactly this neither mm-hmm. one of them can sacrifice their duty for the other it's too important whether or not they get back together that she you better apologize to that man because that was <laughs> fucking absurd yeah chapter 12 <laughs> there we go Dala visits Buatu in a coma in the space hospital where we get cool descriptions of all the cool, cool medical technology mm-hmm We see her being reasonable and kind to the doctor and next aid, who had a name I didn't write down. Yeah, it started with a Y, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yisai, or Yais. Something. It was something with an apostrophe and a weird vowel combination. (laughs) She touches Boatu. Dala touches him on the leg as she's about to leave and says, oh. Let me describe before she leaves. The doctor tells her, I don't know when he's going to wake up. Okay. So she's about to leave and she touches his leg and says, I need you. she's like, Admiral, I expect you to be ready for duty in 48 hours or whatever, right? Whatever she says, to him. It was pretty cute, actually. It was pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, To lean into their, you know, they both are such career. um, What do you call that? Yeah. Army men.
1: (laughs) Yeah. They're, they're definitely military.
0: Yeah. It's career military.
1: Yeah. They're career military. And, and so, they're like, that's a nice way they, to. They both keep their emotions pretty much to themselves most yeah. of the time. And
0: that makes that, yeah, it makes that like an adorable way to relate, caring. Yeah. <laughs> right? She's doing it in like a jokey, uh, old generation type of way. So, anyway, she puts her hand on his leg and she talks to him. And because he loves her, his <laughs> brain waves spike. Yeah. And then more and more and more of both. And then eventually, Dalla says. To Buatu, while touching him we need to know who did this to you to protect the galactic alliance she calls in the most important thing to him his crevy yeah right that creed that that oath of devotion yeah. to his the alliance oath, over yeah. all things and when she says that his eye drift over towards the TV that's been hanging above his head above his bed head mm-hmm. to try and stimulate him right His eye drifts toward Maudie Vaunt in the middle of a news report on Blau Sextus about how, why are the Mandalorians here? Hmm, I don't know who sent those. Hmm, who else used Mandalorians? (laughs) (laughs) His eye looks over to her on the TV and Dalla mad. Yeah, she's so mad. She
1: thinks she, or what's the the aid there? Next aid is like, oh, we got to... I can have a thousands all about the Jedi. I can yeah, have a thousands. He's like, now I'm there. the
0: Admiral of the military. Of he the wants to Navy send
1: him area. against the Jedi. and
0: But this whole scene too is very, it struck me at one point. This is a totally a daytime soap opera mm-hmm. in the space opera. It's a bunch of people gathered around someone in a coma asking them who tried to kill you. We have to solve the mystery. <laughs> it's as Soap yeah. opera scene man yeah and it's like t- between two lovers the whole all the extraneous um just really melodramatic complications in this scene. it's it's a soap opera space opera scene but star wars really always has been doll is very mad and she says quote there has to be a connection to this assassination attempt and Maddie vaunt well moddy vaunt The Jedi, the attack on Boatu, it's all tangled up somehow, Mm -hmm. but how? Find out next week, maybe, (laughs) when we cover (laughs) Fae of the Jedi, book six, Vortex, chapters 13 through 16, 16. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. Good night. Politics. Politics. For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at Podcast at gmail.com. Forever Cannon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Blazer. Check us out.